What is up, podcast fam? You are listening to My Turf. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall, coming to you live from Lower Alabama once again on Wednesday. I know we're a day late and uh, not a dollar short, though, because you're going to get your money's worth tonight, folks. Title track for episode 52, Your Path is Not Always a Straight Line. The show's email address, if you need a lot of characters to get at me, myturfshow at gmail.com. Tell your friends. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's going to be a quick show tonight because uh, we want to cover the Super Bowl and touch on a couple things. And then uh, next week, we got to start talking about some NFL draft prospects and some storylines are going to continue to heat up. But let's go ahead and break down the Super Bowl. An incredible game, of course. You know, Kansas City wins 38-35. to First quarter, good back and forth. Jalen goes down the field, showing off. The arm's good. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes comes back, hits Kelsey, 7-7. And then the Eagles, how about them? Come back down. He hits, Dev- I mean, just hitting the guys. And then all of a sudden, he's got double coverage and just says, I'm going to throw a bomb to A.J. Brown. 45-yard touchdown pass. Boom. The Eagles defense, they stuffed Mahomes. They stopped him. Make a great drive. We're starting to put together a little bit of a drive because of the punt. You know, they get like three, two first downs. And then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts fumbles the football. And you're like, no, no. Nick Bolton brings it back for a 36-yard fumble return. And you're like, wow, it's 14-all. Jalen gets the ball back and puts together an amazing drive capped off by a four-yard touchdown run, 21-14. to By the way, he was sensational with the design runs on that drive. And they get the ball Back to Patrick Mahomes, who's been on the sideline for nine minutes or something like that. And Mahomes trying to make a play. Hero ball hurts his ankle with two minutes left to go. They give the ball back to Jalen. It doesn't look good over there. He was limping off the field. But here come the Eagles right back down the field. And Jake Elliott, there he is, man. Money with a big-time kick. They put him up at the half, 24-14. to Looking at, there, there were some big-time catches by Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown, of course, had one. Dallas Goddard making some incredible catches as well. There were some throws that Jalen was just really, really threading the needle, man. I could not tell you how impressed I was by him. Of course, you got to play second half. And, of course, it's a long halftime. Instead of 15 minutes, it's 30 minutes. And we got to watch Rihanna. And it was a pretty decent performance. I know a lot of, there's some hate on it. And there's some people that said they liked it as well. I thought I was good. Oh, I didn't hate it. Um, it was entertaining, I would think. And we get to play the second half. Chiefs get the ball. They come right down the field, guys. And it's all of a sudden, here we go. It's Mahomes finding all kinds of people. Juju Smith-Schuster. He's finding, you know, he's he's finding some guys that you're like, well, where are these guys kind of, Where's uh, who's this Justin Watson cut, the second tight end who's, who's, who caught some big-time passes? The usage of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, you know, and they just didn't have an answer for Travis Kelsey. It really didn't. He was catching some incredible passes, some very, I'd say there were some tough ones. He caught some off his shoestrings, did an incredible job. And then the utilization of the running game. Pacheco probably ran the ball more times than I usually have seen him. And it was great. They score with him. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, there come the Chiefs. But maybe the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon, their defense coordinator, can get some stops in there. Well, what happens? Eagles come back. They get a field goal, but using Jalen Hurts' runs, he does some pretty good things with that. By the way, his rushing stats on the game, 15 carries, 70 yards, an average of 4.7, and three touchdown runs, including 28 being the longest. The other guys, Gainwell Sanders and Boston Scott, 
They were held in check, folks. They were held in check. Together, those guys really didn't do much. They had 43 yards rushing on 17 carries. That is not good at all. I think that's an average of what was it? 2.5, 2.6 was their average yards per carry. So they didn't have the best answer for Jalen, but the Chiefs, they adjusted. They did a great job. Steve Spagnola keeps them in check. And the Eagles kind of were stunned there a little bit because Mahomes, he kept going. He finds he finds Kadarius Toney for a wide open touchdown catch, which was set up by a big time punt return by Kadarius Toney. They come right back down the field after holding Jalen. And of course, then it's Sky Moore, who's wide open, schemed up on the same play to the other side of the field. Jalen gets the ball back. You know, gets another touchdown run. Great job by him. Set up by another big-time Dallas Goddard catch. And look, man, we got ourselves a ball game. Get the two-point conversion. It's 35-35, and here come the Chiefs. Vintage Patrick Mahomes, wheeling and dealing, finding Juju Smith-Schuster. And then big-time third-down play, and a pass interference call happens on James Bradbury. One, of, I think he's a really good corner. I know there's some drama. Debo Samuel said he was trash and that the 49ers could have took better advantage of him. But look, I had the question from Tom in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ryan, was it a hold on Juju Smith-Schuster? Did James Bradbury get him? Yes, he did. Um, he grabbed him right out of the break. As he makes the break, he's fooled and he grabbed him. And then he held him again, and you got him. I hate that it happened in this situation, but it's all about how fair the referees have been throughout the course of the game. My brother and I have always talked about a couple years ago when the Packers were playing the Bucks. man, they were letting these teams play in the NFC Championship. They were going after it. Kevin King, though, late in the game, holds on to, I believe it was, was it Scotty Miller? Might have been Chris Godwin, actually. And they call it. They hadn't been calling them all day. Devontae Adams was getting held. Alan Lazar was getting held on the goal on, on a big time uh, goal to goal possession, and it didn't get called. And that's from my personal experience of what I'm talking about. It's like you're just like, you, if you do it for one of them, you got to do it for the other, right? They were fair throughout the game and consistent. And when you're fair and consistent, you're not going to get an argument out of me. I hate that it happened again late in this game, and, and, and the Chiefs were getting the majority of some close calls too, but they were the right calls, and I know everybody wants to talk about the NFL script and all this other stuff, but at the end of the day, it was they were the right calls, and uh, it's unfortunate for James Bradbury, but that set up the Harrison Bucker field goal, of course, uh, and what was it, 20, 27 yards out? He's going to make that all day, man. He joined one early on in the game, but that was just I think it was, what, 42 yards? That's uncharacteristic of Harrison Bucker. Uh, Jalen doesn't be able to, doesn't get to do, be able to do much because they don't leave him with a whole lot of time. I think they had 18 seconds or something like that, and uh, Jalen did what he could. And, um, yeah, just the end of the day. At the end of the day, 38-35. I want to say this, though, because a lot of people were harping on what I said about Jalen Hurts. You know, when Jalen Hurts, the title of this episode, your path is not always a straight line. Hey, I know it, man. I know it. Um... I've been there before. Um, I'm not making this about myself. It's just that sometimes it really is not as straight line as you're going to think it is. It was not easy for him. He had to leave Alabama and make something of himself of Oklahoma because their narrative was out there. He was a one-read quarterback. He was not that great. He great athlete, but great arm strength. 
but he needed to work on his accuracy and he needed to work on a lot of things to develop. And guess what he did that? He brought his team to the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, I don't put this loss on Jalen Hurts. I don't. I don't at all. If you look at the numbers, 27 to 38 passing, 304 yards through the air, one touchdown pass. You know, QB rating guys of 79.7. I mean, he, he, he did the thing. Was Mahomes better? Yeah, he was better. 21 to 27, 182 yards, three touchdown passes, zero interceptions on a hurt ankle. He was more efficient. Um, he didn't try to play hero ball when he did. He hurt his ankle, but he bounced right back up and and just was letting the offense work. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, of course, you know they've got Nagy back there as a as an assistant as well. So look, they these are really great offensive minds, and when you put them together with Patrick Mahomes' talent, when you've got speed across the board like Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, these guys that are just really good athletes and route runners. It's deadly. It's very deadly. And, you know, Mahomes did it on the ground when he had to as well. Big time decisions. They, they disrespected him. They played man to man. Nobody spied the quarterback and he took off for a big time 23 yard run and, uh, excuse me, 26 yard run. And it was huge in this game. So it just was that close. And we thought it was going to be that close. I did tell you to take the, the under betting. Because I thought the defenses would be better in this game. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. They were definitely way over. But I did say, you know, pick the Chiefs. And uh, that's what happened. So, look, in my opinion, this was one of the better Super Bowls because you had two of the best teams in it. You had the best team from the NFC. You had the best team from the AFC all year long. Two good teams that are very different style-wise. But what a tremendous performance. And, uh, you know, hats off to... The Chiefs, the, the Red Kingdom certainly deserved it. And the Eagles, you guys aren't going anywhere. That's a damn good roster. You're going to lose some assistance, but that is a damn good roster. And that is a damn good team that you can be proud of to go out there each and every week. That is a very, very dangerous team. And I'm so proud of Jalen Hurts. This was not an easy road for this man. And um, we know we, we tend to always forget about these people, but that's not a guy that you're going you're gonna to ever forget about or... Um, you know, you're never going to disrespect that man and discount him again. Okay, so great Super Bowl 57. Congrats to the uh, Chiefs. Let's move along now. Speaking of assistance for the Eagles, well, now Jonathan Gannon, the defense coordinator, he is heading to Arizona. Well, he, be, he will be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So he'll... Uh, He'll inherit a decent defense, but uh, it's all about what you're gonna, what are you going to do for Kyler Murray and looking for him to get back on track. Speaking of other quarterbacks, Derek Carr has been released by the Raiders, so they're going to save on, of course, on his salary. They didn't trade him or anything like that. Wishing him the best, man, because I, I, I like Derek Carr, uh, the person. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very capable quarterback, but he's going to have to go to the right situation. The uh, Miami Vikings have hired Brian Flores as their next defensive coordinator. Of course, a little bit of um, a little bit of drama there, but he won't be a head coach probably for a while, but maybe maybe he can resurrect his career a little bit after um, you know, some 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 deals that he did with the Dolphins. We'll see. Uh, of course, Jags wide receiver Calvin Ridley, he has applied for reinstatement. He had to sit out this past year um, of course because he was gambling while he was injured on his Falcons and then the Falcons traded him to the Jags, which is a great, great situation for him, especially for Trevor Lawrence. He's got Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, 
I really kind of liked what I started to see out of Evan Ingram there at tight end, so hopefully they can keep him. You know you got Travis Etienne behind them. If they can get that offensive line rolling, man, that's going to be a pretty, pretty deadly offense uh, next year. Um, not really any more news than that, except we're going to have to cover the NFL draft. Uh, getting ready for that and some big-time, big-time prospects coming out of college, of course. And we're going to see who we're going to maybe maybe do a mock draft because I'll tell you what. There's some good quarterbacks, and then there's some overrated quarterbacks in this draft. And, man, those are, that's always the hardest position, I think, to to really scout. To really scout. You know, a lot of people are saying Will Levis is the second-best quarterback in this draft out of Kentucky over C.J. Stroud. And then Anthony Richardson, who's coming out of uh, Florida, is the number four best quarterback. And he's dropping, look, the guy can throw 80-yard bombs, no doubt about it. And he's probably going to run a 4-4-40. And he's got the size of 6'4", 240 pounds. But it doesn't matter. Jamarcus Russell is the greatest arm talent maybe to come out of college football when he was at LSU. And the guy had a two-cent head and could not read a defense, had no touch passing. And you can ask the Raiders. He never did anything ever again. Look at Zach Wilson. Made some of the best impromptu plays that you would see at BYU. Great arm strength. Great touch and accuracy. Really good anticipation. But he can't, he has not been able to do any of that in the NFL. And speaking of the Jets, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, has inquired about Aaron Rodgers. But he is on a um, going to do on a four-day uh, darkness. Um, yeah. He's going into some uh, kind of darkness camp where he will not be uh, he will not be able to reach him for for four days. Um, from what I understand, he is he has not gone into it as yet. But it's a yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we could unpack there because I'm not even really sure what he's doing. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I just once I heard it, it was gonna he was doing some darkness cleanse or doing something, and I was just like, good God, man! Just I wouldn't even tell anybody that. I would not tell anybody that because that's just. Uh, <sighs> guy's just so difficult to like, isn't he? He really is. All right. Great Super Bowl. We're going to head into the offseason. Let's talk some, uh, we're going to talk some college football, of course, the headlines, you know, new coaching hires, how we're going to rank them. Matt Rule being at Nebraska, he's hit the ground running over there, recruiting well. Lou Fickle leaving Cincinnati, going, of course, to Wisconsin. So we got some big-time coaching hires to talk about still and how they're recruiting, who they hired. Hugh Freeze, he's now at Auburn, leaving Liberty. Remember, he's a former Ole Miss coach, beat Alabama twice with Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly. So he's going to have to get some quarterbacks in there maybe to learn his system, or he may go with Robbie Ashford. Who knows? Uh, some other hires, of course, you know, Scott Satterfield goes from Louisville to Cincinnati. And then, of course, Jeff Brom goes from Purdue down to Louisville, where he graduated at. So we've got a lot of coaches that were on the move and some key offensive hires that you need to know about next week is what we'll go over because you're going to be like, man, okay, yeah, these coaches are good, but what what assistance did they take to their staff and what coaches or what new hires did they bring in? Because that's always crucial Always crucial. What is going to be the identity and what kind of style of play are these coaches going to bring with them? Are they going to keep it the same? Are they going to try to repeat the magic at a bigger school? Or do they try to upgrade at that coordinator position? We're going to go over that all next week and in the upcoming weeks because we're going to have to unpack a lot uh, of stories like that in the college football offseason and pro offseason. Remember, we've got draft, the drafts coming up. We've got some players to break down. Pro days are coming up. Some players that had some key injuries. How are they doing? 
uh, some updates on some players you thought might go into the draft. They didn't go to the draft. One player specifically uh, we got to talk about is Cam Rising, the quarterback at Utah. He did tear his ACL in the Rose Bowl. So he is actually he's actually going back to Utah for another year and uh, not going into the NFL draft because he's he knows he's got to rehab that knee. There's other players that we got to go touch on and make sure that we have enough for sure uh, to do a couple episodes off of, man. Because you know what? We got the offseason and we got to find things to talk about and get creative. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Episode 52, your path is not always a straight line. So proud of you, Jalen. You have made that moniker come true, brother. Uh, So proud of you. Thank you again for everybody listening. Episode 52, your path is not always a straight line. Remember, my turf will be back Tuesday next week. And uh, remember, this show, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell your friends. And of course, hit me up, myturfshow at gmail.com for long characters if needed. Or on Twitter, RyanFN18. Episode 52, that's a wrap. Have a good week, everyone.